Is SNL funny? On one hand, yes. On the other hand, no. Hello, and welcome to the Eurowhat, episode number 141 for the week of January 24th, 2022. I'm Ben Smith, and I'm joined today by Mike McComb. Hey, Mike. Hello. We are a pair of Americans trying to make sense of the Eurovision Song Contest, and this week we'll be talking about the sound of beauty. I'm back, Mike. Hello. Hello. How are you doing? Have you recovered from Mystery Hunt? Uh, most of the way. I just keep sitting in my living room going, I should be doing something. And it turns out sometimes you can just sit on your couch and read a book. That's fun. Huh. Yeah. And like, this is probably the last time you'll be able to do that for a little while because things are starting to ramp up. Like, this is the last quiet week, I think. That sense of something is coming has been present in in the Eurovision part of my life. But like a good thing coming. It's not a sense of foreboding. (laughs) I am very excited to like turn my attention to this because we have so much exciting stuff on the way. We have the logo and the slogan for this year's contest. And it's the sound of beauty, which feels very Italian. And also very Eurovision-y. Graphically, it's fine. I like the retro-style font. I don't know how much they're going to lean into that. The logo and the slogan, it always seems like it's a big deal, but I think part of that is it comes at a time when we're not at full speed. It's just like any news is news. Yes, exactly. I like the retro font. Yeah, the the graphics feel very in line with that. I've been watching a lot of music videos by uh, JJ Stratford, who does all sorts of analog digital synthesizer video toaster stuff. I would fully love an Italo disco tube camera Eurovision, but I think I'm the only person who wants that. We can dream, you know? We can dream, yeah. Just just, (laughs) just like 70s, 80s public access television style camera work. Uh, with only the analog video effects that you can make with that. Yes. <laughs> well, like when Portugal hosted, they said no LEDs. I think Italy should be within their right to make that a rule. So it's mm-hmm. just like, this is the presentation style, like it or lump it, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Work with it. Elsewhere, we got an update on the American Song Contest, which has been delayed. Originally, that was going to start the day after the Olympics finish in February, and now that's set to start a month later on March 21st, where that is going to run on Mondays through Monday, May 9th, and then Tuesday of that week. Surprise, it's Eurovision. Don't they know we're busy? I do like that American Song Contest picks up after selection season for Eurovision has stopped. I appreciate that although they also expanded the length of the show like originally it was supposed to be six weeks and now it's going to be eight weeks but they didn't update the copy explaining the format of the show like it still says it's three weeks of qualifying and then two semifinals and then the finals like okay well what about those other two weeks i feel like they're just still working things out behind the scenes and i don't know if it's production issues or just like on Instagram, Krister Bjorkman posted a, a photo where it looked like he was kind of taking a nap, but the angle of the shot was also like when you're getting really frustrated and have to close your eyes and you aren't quite pinching your nose with your fingers, but you could be moving into that gesture. Is this, is this exhaustion? Is this frustration? Like, what is going on here? <laughs> I feel like no one is really hyped about this. Nobody said that this had to happen now. It just seems like they are setting up 
an extra set of challenges that are completely unnecessary. Also, this should be a summer series. Why is this happening concurrent with Eurovision? (laughs) This should be a summer thing. Just like run the voice like usual. Yeah, I mean, I guess we'll see what happens. And who knows if things are running into further production problems, it could end up being a summer series. Currently, I guess, get ready for March 21st, but also, they've moved it once. They could move it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, there's there's no reason they need to run it now. And to be fair, there are a number of other shows that have had to reschedule their start. Monarch, the country music show on Fox, that was supposed to debut in January, but they've been running into production issues, so that's been pushed to the fall. That was supposed to be the anchor of Fox's winter schedule, so... Yikes. Like, yeah. yeah that, that, that's a big deal, so... Yeah. <sighs> yeah, I think this is going to be a sign of a number of production challenges that we didn't encounter last year just with things that had already been figured out in 2020 and just carrying over into 2021. But now that we're starting fresh, it, it it's a slightly different ball game. Surprise, everything has supply chain issues now. Exactly. Looking to actual Eurovision stuff that happened this weekend, we had another round of qualifiers with both Lithuania and Norway. And oh boy, Mike, I watched Norway and it went right to the bottom of my list again. Norway was going to be at the bottom of the list, not just because of my opinions of Norway, but just the fact that there are so many new selections that are happening this year that just from a resource allocation standpoint, I need to kind of focus on the new stuff. So like you, you got a couple of weeks out of me, Norway. Yeah, I will check in with you when you have sorted yourself out. Yeah, I thought this week's heat was more enjoyable than last week's, but it seemed like there were a number of production issues. Yeah, one of the hosts had COVID and was bravely on camera at their house in like their sweats. I'm just like, you don't have to do this. You can take the recovery time at home. I thought that this week's lineup had a lot of diversity. It's always weird when there's country at Eurovision. I agree with that. Yes. Although I didn't mind the country song. My only notes were like, maybe you guys should be doing an Orville Peck thing where everybody's masked for some reason. That that would make me feel comfortable. That performance, Stefan Jakobsen, even though he had been on Idol, he seemed so nervous throughout that performance. And it was like, oh, is this his first time on live TV? Did he not make it to the live rounds on Idol? Like, it, it felt uncomfortable. But it seemed like there were at least sound issues, because that did end up plaguing Farida in her gold final performance. She missed the big note in there. And it was like, huh, what what is going on? Bad Baby was also just an interesting choice where I'm just like, oh, we're doing rock music, so let's let's bring back 80s power metal stuff. I'm just like, no, no thank you. Yeah, Dave was disappointed with that performance for both songs in the first duel. After they finished, he was like, well, I'm less bullish on these than I was uh, <laughs> going in, into this week, which is like, understandable. I, I liked Daniel Lucas, and I was just like, how did this one get sent a second chance. Like, that was the clear winner of the four for me. I like that song, but everything about that performance just felt like a rehash of Benjamin Ingrosso, even down to the suit. Like, it was like, no, he's wearing the same suit that he was wearing in the 2017 Melfest. I had way more fun going down uh, the rabbit hole of Christian Ingebrigtsen's Wikipedia page than I did with his song. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, yeah, because like, I was just like, wait, he was part of a Norwegian boy band? Yeah. I was like, a Norwegian British boy band where he was the only Norwegian member? <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. No, the the A1 Wikipedia page is great. And I'm not just saying that because it has a section of the page called Jakarta Mall Incident. Oh. 
Anyways, the short version of that is that there was a stampede because this was the early 2000s and a spokesman for the group said they are devastated and are immediately planning to return to Great Britain. It's, it's very tragic. They did not include that in the intro package. No, they, yeah, they, they, so. they, they alighted over that clip. Ooh, yeah, uh, but, uh, but also, I was sort of impressed by the number of Melody Grand Prix entries he's written. He wrote Orike's Attention and he also wrote both Own Yourself and Eyes Wide Open last year. He's come in second at, at in terms of writing Melody Grand Prix entries a lot, like 2008, 2010, 2012, and then uh, Finland 2017. Hmm. He has a strong pedigree of writing things that come second at the national finals. And yet, I did not like that song at all. It was just like by the numbers ballad of like I could tell where it was going from the opening lyrics of just like oh, but you're his wonder of the world, girl. Yeah. <laughs> just very it, it just very 2000s boy band. But I can understand why it would be an auto qualifier. He's too famous to have to go through the yeah. Once I saw the list of the previous songs he's written for Melody Grand Prix, I'm like, "Oh, yeah, this is why he's through to the final, but also Yeah. <sighs> Norway. Norway going to Norway. Norway's going to Norway. So. <laughs> Norway. Uh, in the meantime, Lithuania was on fire. That was a delightful lineup of 12 acts. See, I told everybody, you just got to wait. Lithuania knows what it's doing. So mm-hmm. <laughs> like, my only complaint about Pabandam is now, yo, is that after they do all the numbers, I would like them to replay the clips, because I have not remembered everybody's name yet. Like, I had no clue that the one that I liked the most came out on top. That song had the real fun vibe, and that it came out on top, and then, like, also was just very happy that we get to see more Lolita Zero. I am too. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping the performance gets revamped a little bit. It felt a little static, or a little too static. I think. Yes. I, I think being static is part of the point. I know that people watching were very nervous. It was like, oh, the jury's going to mark this one down, or the audience isn't going to get it. But no, Lolita was solidly in the mix. Clearly through uh, just like a nice big slab of electro too. What I am hoping for in this year's Eurovision is a lot more experimentation from countries. And I I have a feeling songs that are Eurovision entries are going to struggle against songs that have the authenticity and idiosyncratic nature of not just songs that are written by the performer, but songs that are trying to do something different, because that was what was successful last year. Things that were outside-of-the-box entries. And I think this week's Pabandamiz Nario had a lot of outside-the-box, or at least outside of Lithuania's box. Yes. Lithuania is the one that I did kind of want to go back and see what I missed last week, and that's the one that's proven elusive. So I'm very excited to see next week's first semifinal and just catch up on what I missed. Yeah, I'm very excited to see how the semifinals are split up. It's going to get tricky, because it'll be two semifinals of nine songs each, but only four are going to advance into the final from each semifinal. So it's going to be a rough cut the next couple of weeks. Yes. It it also seemed like it was a good week for Eurovision popping up in the wild. Yeah, there was a lot of that happening. The one that was floating around, like even Eurovision tweeted about it, was at the Australian Open. There was a match that featured a player from Greece, and the audience started singing My Number One. It was a pretty good crowd rendition, I must say. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There's also this show that started on HBO Max called Peacemaker. Yeah, it's John Cena doing his character from Suicide Squad, a film I also have not seen. Yeah, like, I really don't follow the DC stuff. Uh, My husband does, so, uh, like, he was really excited when the, like, credit sequence started getting attention and he was like oh you've got to you've got to see this and like watched it and it was fine it's like this 
kind of dance sequence and there's an eagle that uh, does stuff. And uh, I was like, okay. And he's just like, oh, but like the band that does the theme song is Wigwam. They represented Norway in 2005. So it's like, oh, that's an interesting connection that was unexpected. So <laughs> yes. Looking at tour dates and a shout out to 12 Points from America who tipped me off to this, but Maruv is coming to the States for a tour in April. Philly, New York, Chicago, Seattle, a few other places. We'll have links uh, in the show notes because, uh, yeah, it's it's a lot of dates and it's right around Easter, the perfect time to see Maruv. Her Chicago date is on Palm Sunday, uh, which I think is hilarious. So that is, That's great. <laughs> What is Manskin doing? I think the the biggest piece of Eurovision in the wild just sort of corresponds with our new weekly segment, Manaskin. I was happy that while I was away, the news that Monaskin was the musical guest on SNL did not drop until you guys had recorded last week's episode. I was so delighted. This is like a good monkey's paw thing, because I feel like I had suggested that was the next step up for them, and hey, it happened. I found it surprising that this is the second time a Eurovision winner has performed on SNL. Yeah, I was surprised about that, too. And I, like, I went through the full list of the 47-year history of musical guests, and the only other Eurovision-adjacent act that I could find who also was a musical guest was Olivia Newton-John. So that's three acts in 47 years. In 47 years of this program, yeah. It was very interesting watching Eurovision Twitter who does not normally encounter SNL. We know of SNL as a comedy program, but the discussion of, is SNL funny? On one hand, yes. On the other hand, no. Like, it, yeah. it, like <laughs> SNL is one of those programs that sort of lives constantly in your head as being funnier five years ago because we only remember the... It's sketch comedy. SNL does not go on because the sketches have been perfected. It goes on because it's 11.30 p.m. on Saturday, and the show is happening. The show is going to start. Will Forte is a very interesting choice of host to pair with the people who are coming in for Monoskin because Will Forte uh, was on the show. But like I remember Will Forte and liking the Will Forte sketches that were always like 10 minutes to the end of the program at one in the morning because Will Forte is really good at screaming to the point that his face is just like entirely red and you're just very concerned that he's going to have an aneurysm. And like we got some of that. I did not have on like my what characters is Will Forte going to bring back bingo card Clancy T. Baccalaureate and Jackie Snad. Although, I like sort of like the Chekhov's gun of like Kristen Wiig showing up in the monologue should have tipped me off that that might happen. But also just wa- just watching the internet go, what the hell is this? Where is Monoskin? That was mostly me, I think. Uh- I was, uh, oh yeah, no, no, no. I was, I was mostly just like, this is great. And everyone was like, this is great. And like, fair. I am not a regular SNL watcher. I was aware of McGruber because there was also the movie and like the TV show that just came out. But yeah, like let's talk about the history of Eurovision and SNL because... ABBA shows up in the first season within the first 10 episodes of the program, so SNL is still figuring out what it's going to be, which is why it feels very different than watching Monoskin perform in their dedicated musical guest section, because ABBA is like in the middle of a Titanic sketch. I've been rewatching The Muppet Show. Uh, there, mm-hmm. There's a podcast that I listen to called Muppeturgy that does a week-by-week recap of The Muppet Show. So, like, I'm right now steeped in mid-70s variety show. And, yeah, this was very of that time. Yes. I think it's important when, like, going back to older comedy shows like that or anything from, like, that same 70s era of just, like, it shouldn't work anymore. That's the whole thing with comedy is that comedy ages like milk. And not in, like, the fun way where you get a good cheese. 
most of the time. Like, sometimes you do, and it's delightful, where you're just like, oh, man, this is beautiful aged Parmesan. Uh, but a lot of the times, you just get sour milk. The sketch opens with the captain of the Titanic ordering a salad with iceberg lettuce. Ah, ha, ha. Um, yeah, like, I think even the audience was just like, ah. And then Abba performs SOS, which is also, ah. Uh. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> no, it, well, and it's like Abba doing a medley of SOS and then immediately very obviously lip syncing uh, Waterloo. Obvious to the point where they put a disclaimer on the screen saying ABBA is lip syncing right now. It is not their fault. The tracks did not arrive from Sweden in time. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just like a whole thing. And like looking up the history of that episode, just trying to figure, OK, but like, how did I not know that ABBA was on SNL? I feel like that would have been a bigger deal. But like in its first year, SNL was trying to position itself as like the cool, the cool program. ABBA was very pop. So like. If you look at that episode, they're not the only musical guests. You also have Loudon Wainwright III as as an additional musical guest that was probably promoted as the main musical guest. ABBA were likely just like the fun guest star on this Titanic sketch for some reason. It's not their fault, which uh, we we will have on our Twitter. And yeah, we also have the video linked in our show notes because it, yes. is, it is very 1975. It's a very fun like time capsule. 47 years later, here we are. Monoskin is on SNL. And I think this is the time where I'm just like, I don't understand why Beggin is the big song for them at this point. Mm. It's a very good performance, but also just like, I don't get that song having listened to all of their other songs. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's the one that's gotten chart play and uh, like it was the one that was the TikTok meme. So it feels like it's like, oh, well, they have to do that song. Oh, yeah, no, like I fully expected them to, but also just as a person who listens to music, I'm like, okay, but why is this one still the big one? Because, like, I was way more excited by the performance of I Want to Be Your Slave, although that felt like a very tricky song to perform without having a an obscenity slip out. Yeah, yeah, but uh, managed to get it through. I mean, da- Damiano, like, worked it into his choreography, which uh, I thought was adorable. So that was <laughs> Love that. But yeah, like, I was expecting Mamma Mia because that one. I was too. One, yeah. But no, just like, it was it was very nice to see them on the show, and it seemed, it seemed like they had fun. Oh, yeah. It looked like they were having the time of their life. They were all working the camera. My I, my favorite moment was at the very end where they're doing the goodbyes and everybody's on stage. And as soon as the credits start rolling, you can see Ethan turn to Kristen Wiig and have a little moment. And they're just like, ah, oh, that's awesome. Like, all of their dreams are coming true. So, <laughs> yes. Oh, so... Yeah, so it, it was a very, very busy week for Monoskin, and uh, we are now heading into a somewhat busier week. Uh, we have more selection processes entering the fray along with Lithuania and Norway. Kicking things off will be Emma Fresh, which is the sort of undiscovered artist's part of Slovenia's selection process. Uh, they had a whole bunch of qualifying rounds back in December. They were originally going to do two semifinals, but uh, production needs required it to just kind of be smushed into one show. That show will be happening on Friday. The four acts that received the most votes on Friday's show will advance to the actual Emma semifinals, which are scheduled to start the following weekend. The running order for Emma proper has already been determined, but there are two spots on hold for the contestants advancing from Emma Fresh. A lot of stuff happening in Slovenia, but it's kind of like an all online process at this point before it gets uh, onto TV on Friday. So 
looking forward to that. Slovenia always has a pretty interesting slate of performers, and the Emma, the Emma process works really well for them. I, I I really enjoy that one. Emma's always fun to watch, and I feel like they they kind of nail the, the the host segment bit as well. Because I just think of from a couple years ago that wonderful medley of literally every Slovenian song performed by the same guy. Uh, and then the other big one is Spain is doing the Benidorm Festival, which I'm very excited about. I am too. I have been specifically sort of holding back myself from looking up any information because I just want to come in and be wonderfully surprised. Yes. And uh, I mean, I think there are already some surprises in store in that they have it scheduled out. The semifinals will each be 70 minutes when like, you think of last year's selection for uh, Blas's entry, where it was a choice between two songs. And I think that show was three hours. So. Yeah. We were, <laughs> yeah. Just like we tried that last year and that's too much television. And those semifinals are happening Wednesday and Thursday. Four songs from each of those will advance to the final on Saturday. Uh, and again, like I'm just very excited to like show up on Saturday and just be surprised. It's also starting later in the day, so it's not running up against Lithuania or Norway. You should be able to watch Spain in full. There has been one last minute lineup change. Uh, Luna Key withdrew to due to rules about auto tune. Uh, just which that makes sense, just because the expectation is this is going to Eurovision. If this song it relies on auto tune, you can't really do that in Turin. Luna Key's entry has been a source of contention throughout this process like there there was an investigation on whether it needed to be disqualified because i think there was a like early public performance of it or it was released slightly early or, or some, something along those lines mm-hmm. and uh yeah so there was that whole aspect and then like the song was built on like auto-tuned vocals so it's like okay this isn't like a surprise but it's uh, yeah, it sounded like it was more an entry for the festival rather than an entry for Eurovision, which is unfortunate. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's, I guess it's, it's what makes sense for her. A lot to look forward to this week. This is like the, the last quiet weekend. So like, enjoy it while we can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it's getting started early because like with, with Spain on Wednesday, like we've got stuff Wednesday through Saturday uh, to watch. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of the EuroWhat. Thanks for listening. The EuroWhat podcast is hosted by Ben Smith. That's me and Mike McComb. That's me. Show notes are in the description for this episode and on our website at EuroWhat.com. We're also on Twitter at EuroWhat, and you can follow us there as well as subscribe to the EuroWhat with your favorite podcast provider. If you'd like to support the show, we are also on Patreon at patreon.com slash EuroWhat. We know eight of the acts and three of the songs for this year's 41 Eurovision entries. Join us next week as we see those numbers change and make sense of what's new in Eurovision. 